This is a very special time for us, and I wanted to take my time so everyone was clear. Move out date here on the 28th. Amen. You with me? Have service here. Is everybody with me? Have service on the 28th here, and then move over. Fifth and sixth, Lord willing, will be there, uh, a new facility. That's going to be our, our grand opening, but let me tell you this. Our super grand opening, we've planned it to have it over Easter weekend to really promote it to the, the city and let everybody know where our new location is. And what a great weekend just to celebrate Jesus Christ and what he's done and invite the city out to our new facility. Amen? So that's going to be a very, very exciting time. The other thing that's, that's real important is what's coming up next Saturday. Next Saturday. How many ladies we have in the house? It's Ladies' Day next Saturday, 11.30 at Hagadon Event Center. It's the Ladies' Luncheon. This has been an event that's been going on for years, a part of the City Church. My wife has told me that we have over 200 ladies signed up. So today, what you need to do, husbands, you could really bless your wife. What a great Valentine's gift. Sign them up. You're going to hear a speaker. I had a chance to hear from her at the NIC graduation a couple of years ago. What's very unique about her, she was the voice for, you remember Flintstones? She was the voice for Pebbles on Flintstones. But I tell you what, she has an amazing testimony, and she is an incredible speaker. The ladies are going to get their, if you're wearing socks, you're going to get your socks rocked off that day because she is a, a, an incredible communicator. But that, that's next Tuesday. Today is Valentine's. I got a date with my wife today at 4 o'clock. Going to satay. Guys, if you haven't already set something up, if I see you in the middle of the church trying to set up a date, I'll understand what you're doing because I'm, I'm your best friend right now and I'm trying to help you. <laughs> trying to help you, right? If you haven't got that card, uh, honey, I just, I just need to go down the road for a minute. Go get that card. Okay, do what you need to do, amen? amen. And um, let me start out with this riddle. I get riddles from my daughter all the time because she works at the Boys and Girls Club. What, come, what does a flower and the letter A have in common? Bees go after them. <laughs> Somebody dissing me back there. Somebody went, wow. <laughs> like I'm a stand-up comedian or something, man. <laughs> Let's pray, huh? We need prayer after that one. Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day, a day that you have made. Valentine's was in your heart way before the, the holiday. You made Adam and Eve. Father, you chose Adam's wife. What a wonderful thing. And God, we just thank you for friendships. Everything begins with relationships and friendships. Even uh, the decision we make to be friends with you, to have a relationship with you, affects us for eternity. So God, I, I just pray right now that you would move upon the hearts of your church this morning in such a beautiful fashion. We love you. We say, have your way this morning, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus and everyone said. Amen. So before you shut me down, if you're single, before you shut me down, if you're in high school or college and you're not married or a junior high, I want to let you know what I'm talking about today. You can apply it to any relationship, friendship, relationship with your boss, 
a relationship between a parent and a child. Come on, this is about relationships today. How many of you know that everything begins with relationships? Even when you were in your mother's womb, it was about a relationship. I'm telling you, God can do amazing things in the womb of a woman. Other than creating the baby, all of a sudden, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. We're at in the womb. He started doing a little dance. I mean, he was moving and flipping and flopping. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb of his mother. Well, relationships go way back. Relationships affect us affects us in every area of our life. And how many know that relationships can be one of the most challenging things in your life? Come on, go with me. They can stress you out. If mama ain't happy, come on. Glad my wife's always happy. Yeah. Well, most of the time. I'm the one that you probably would make her unhappy. Listen to this scripture, Ephesians 4 one through three, and and think about it in the area of, I've never used it in the area of relationships, but think about it today in the area of relationships. It says this, I therefore, Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Listen listen to these words, with all lowliness. Will you say that with me, lowliness? And listen to this one, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I love those words because in relationships, I think it takes a lot of lowliness. I think it takes a lot of gentleness. How many of you know to have a real relationship, it takes long-suffering? Am I preaching to the right people today? Come on, go with me. I'm a talker. You need to talk back at me. Church is supposed to be loud. Church is supposed to be fun. Church is supposed to be a place of worship in His presence. Come on. Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the peace in the unity in the spirit and the bond of peace. Everything begins with relationships. Even coming out of the womb, your relationship with your mom and dad, siblings, and then school, and life, and marriages, and bosses, and uh, on and on and on. I want to talk to you about 10 keys to a healthy relationship today 10 keys to a healthy relationship i thought i could get through 10 keys last night and i got through five so today i'm going to give you five smooth stones of a healthy relationship not to knock your spouse out with but that you can knock the giants out in your relationship so that you can have a healthy relationship if it's in your marriage or if it's in a friendship or it has to do with your professor or a parent to a child you can have really gradually that if you apply these 10 that I'm going to cover five today so five today five next weekend come back for part two that I think it can absolutely change lives and families and workplaces and so forth and so on number one Honor. Honor. Say that word with me. Honor. What is honor exactly? We use the word. We hear the word. You hear it in the military. Maybe when you got married, you even use the word. What does honor mean? Of course, it means to highly esteem someone. How many of you know you should highly esteem your wife? How many of you should highly esteem your parents? highly esteem your husband 
But, but I want to break it down a bit for you. Everyone say highly esteemed. We got that down. You should highly esteem people in generally. We should honor the Lord our God, highly esteem him. But, but I, 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 this is the one definition that's always stuck with me is this. How do you literally honor someone? I think you honor someone by this. Whatever that is important to them, you make it important to you. You follow me for a moment. Whatever's important to them, you make it important to you. It can be in a friendship. It can be in a marriage. It can be you're getting ready to get married. It can be in any relationship. But when you make something important to you that's important to them, I believe that you're showing them honor. This week, my wife took me to a tea house. Guy one, tea house. So I walk in this tea house. I mean, it's a little different. It's pretty. <laughs> Set in a little corner, two cups of tea. Don't get me wrong, the key is fan the tea there is fantastic. Little kind of miniature cookies and chocolate things. You know what I'm saying? Now, left up to me, I might like a big old sausage from Cabela's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if my wife wants to go drink tea at one house, got one house, what is it called, babe? Got one house? Then I, I'm, I like drinking tea at Guy One House. <laughs> Everyone say honor. honor. I want to make what's important to her. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, you know, I suffered through it. I'm there with my beautiful wife. The tea is outrageous. The little miniature things taste very well. By the end of the time, you know, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But I do those things at times because, you know, we set up these dates and honors involved. And that day we just happened to be working together and doing some things that we had to do. And she wanted to go there. Everyone say honor. honor. How can you honor your spouse? Do you even know what she likes? Do you even know what he likes? My wife usually sets out a little budget for me every year in the area of hunting. Amen. It's not because she's a hunter. But she likes to honor me. Last year, I got invited to go to New Mexico, and I thought, there's honestly, what's the chances of me getting to go to New Mexico? Got off the phone with my buddy that invited me. My wife was completely thumbs up and totally supported me, helping me raise the money, save the money to get me able to go get the tags and everything to go to New Mexico. Why? Because I think it was absolute honor. All the guys are like this right now. They're like... <laughs> Preach, J.L. Josh is going drums and guitar. and No, I'm teasing. But listen to me. Listen to me. When you take something and you really, really uh, receive it, you take whatever they enjoy, whatever they want to do, and you make it very, very important to you, that's a place of honor. Okay, so that's in a marriage, but how about in any relationship? You do that with your boss. Yeah, that's right. 
Man, you may not even love scrubbing the grill, but if that boss wants that grill scrubbed, the way that you can honor that boss is scrub the grill. Honor will take you places that nothing else will get you there. How about parents? How about children? Your mama wants you to always take the garbage out on Tuesday and Thursday. She doesn't care if it's full or not. She just wants it out. Young people, what you can do is you can take the garbage out with a smile on your face. Like, yes, ma'am, I love taking the garbage out, ma'am. That's honor. Listen to the, the power of honor out of, out of Deuteronomy 5.16. I don't want you to think this as just, I want you to think about the power of honor and where it can get you, not just because this is directed towards kids and parents right now. Deuteronomy 5.16 says this, honor, everyone say honor, honor. your father and your mother. Where if you're, if you're married right now, you may cut me off and say, well, you're talking about God. Well, they are talking about fathers and mothers, but I want you to see the power of honor out of the scripture today. It says, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long. How many of you like to have a, a long life? Yeah. Five of you. Praise God. <laughs> Let's try that again. How many of you like to have a long life? That's a little better. Not 100%. You're scaring me. I feel like I need to pray for you right now. <laughs> but honor is a road path to that. It says that your days may be long and that it may be well with you. How many of you would like to have not just a long life, but a long well life? Amen. God talks about it. A path of that is honoring that it may be well with you. And in that land which the Lord your God has given you, there's an old term back from the Middle Ages of knights. It's called chivalry. Anybody ever heard of chivalry before? It was kind of like a... Um, value system and honor system that the knights would use but it's been carried over i'm from the south and you know i still believe in chivalry what that means to me is that we should honor the elderly we should honor our wives and and honor each other you know i still like to i don't i, I don't want to be a hypocrite i'm not batting a thousand with it but i still like to open the doors for my wife car doors and going in the restaurants and and just how can I, you know, checking in with her, I want to make sure that I honor and respect her. Amen? Could we not stand a little bit of that in our society today? How many of you think that sounds pretty good honor? How many of you could honestly say, you know, I know exactly what my wife likes and you know what, I need to like that too. Okay, that's a place of honor that you can, you can have. I, I, I think that we can honor our, our, our wives or husbands with our tones tones of our voices you know i'm very very high strung and pretty intense and i can ha be having a good day and say something and people think i'm mad at them just because of my tones how many of you know it's not so much of what you say but how you say it a lot of times it's real important your tones how about your face how about your faith you put faith on your face when you're talking to your spouse or or friends and you look interested and what they have to not fake in it, but faith in it. Come on. And I'm not talking about Facebook today. How many, how many of you have ever done this before? Don't raise your hand. You just need to repent if you have. Right? Radine, would you just talk to me for a minute, please? How are you doing today, honey? That's wonder if I could talk to you for a minute. <laughs> I'm a little distracted. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm, what, honey?
How many of you have ever done that, dishonoring your spouse with Facebook or just in a whole nother world, right? Come on, we need to, we need to honor. I, I asked a couple of people to text me and communicate, talk to some. I talked to a, a, a young lady that's in a brand new marriage. I talked to a, an, an older lady because I didn't have the husband's phone number and they text me back. And this was Annie and Joe Bohart. They've been married for 40 years and they were here at the last service. And, uh, Annie texts me back and says, Hi, dear pastor, we've been married for 40 years. Wow, that sounds really long. I suppose the two most important heart attitudes are love and respect. We're going to talk about their texts a little bit longer. You say love and respect. But if you look at respect, man, I tell you what, it's like double first cousins with the word honor, where you hold someone in high esteem. How many of you talk to your wives like you're talking to your dog? Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> got real quiet. Well, I think that we can honor with our tones and with our face and with our actions and getting into their life and learning what they like to do. Everyone say honor. Honor, honor is so important in relationships these days. It's always been important. But if you want to have a strong, if you want to build, if you want to have a healthy relationship, begin to be very, very intentional in honoring one another. Number two, a serving heart. Will you say that with me, a serving heart? We have an ongoing kind of competition in our house, and it's who can outserve one another. You know, I used to have this saying that was a very, very bad saying. I don't have it anymore, but I used to say something like that. I got the oldest dishwasher made, 32 years old. They go, I didn't even know they made dishwashers back then. I go, yeah, my wife. Okay. Wives right now are like ticked at me. They're like, you know you did not just say that. And I had a, there was a lady uh, staying with us over a weekend and, and she totally rebuked me. She's like a big sister to me. This was maybe 15, 20 years ago. And you know what? I listened to that rebuke. How many know a rebuke can be very, very good in your life if you have ears to hear, if you don't put up walls and try to protect yourself? And, and so, you know, we've created this thing in our home trying to outserve each other. I call it worm training. Worm training, where you try to get under each other and in, in, in loving and serving under them in leadership and so forth and so on. So, you know, if you come to our house, sometimes I'll be doing dishes and sweeping, and you can ask her about that. I still don't have the art of uh, uh, folding clothes down at all. I mean, to me, it's like tormenting. It really is. It's tormenting. My wife just snaps out T-shirts and... Mine's so jacked up. But you could look at me right now and go... Man, we don't do that in our house. You know, God, that's just not for guys. Well, show me in the Bible where that's just not for guys. Because this is my point, is how can we serve one another? How can you really serve your wife? When no one else is looking, when, when it's not like pastors seeing you serve, or, hey, honey, I'm serving, but no one else is looking. Your heart, your heart attitude is to serve your wife, to serve your husband, to serve your kids, kids serve your parents. I mean, your heart is to serve. You can bring greatness into your house. You can bring greatness into your marriage, greatness into your family by serving. The Bible says the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. 
Let's, let's try that again, okay? We should know that. That's a pretty easy scripture. The greatest in the kingdom is a the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to lay his life down. If you want to strengthen your relationship, walk out of this building here today for the rest of your life and see, how can I serve my wife? How can I serve my husband? How can I serve my parents? How can I serve my boss? And I tell you what, you're going to have a blessed life. You're going to bring greatness everywhere you go because you choose to be a servant. Serve. Listen to what Zig Ziglar says, and he says it frequently. He says, you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want out of life. The concept he's talking about is having a heart and a life that is focused on serving others. The Bible puts it this way. Considers others' interests as more important than your own. This is also a fundamental to healthy relationships. Everyone say, worm training. You know, David said he was a worm. Serving one another. What was the first one? Boy, we forget real quick right now. Here we go. The first one was, number two is, number three is this. Get on the same map. Get on their map. If you're a new married couple in here, you, you, you need to really perk your ears up right now. If you've been married 50 years and you guys, you, you've kind of grown apart, perk up your ears right now. If you're thinking about getting married one day, perk up your ears. You need to live in such a way of getting on the other person's back. You could call it get on their map. You could call it get on the same page. You could call it, hey, I need to get on their blog. It, it drives me crazy to see two people who are supposed to be married in one flesh live in individual lives. I talk with them and it, I think about sometimes after I talk with individuals, married couples, I'm like, do you guys even talk to one another? Do you communicate to one another? We need to be on the same page, the same map with our spouses. Or if you're trying to create a new friendship, you need to know what their life's about. I would say in about four areas. You need to be on the same map with them spiritually. Sometimes, man, a, a wife's outrunning the husband. The wife, husband's just kind of dragging himself to church, and the, the wife is super spiritual. You need to be on the same page there. Emotionally, physically, you need to know what kind of situation, what kind of condition your wife's in, your husband's in. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all areas of life, we need to get on the same Matt, there is a really cool GPS technology out, and the, the GPSs are called uh, Garmin Rhinos. Anybody ever heard of the Garmin Rhinos before? How many hunters we got in here? Raise your hand if you heard of the Garmin Rhinos. The, the Garmin Rhinos is, say you and your hunting partner have the same Garmin Rhino GPS. Well, no matter where you are, I think with probably within five miles, you can click on it, and you, you can know where your partner is on that side of the mountain. And if you're not too far away, you can even communicate. But you can look on the GPS and go, wow, in the Western Hemisphere, I know that he's right there by that creek or right on that ridge or on that side of the mountain. He's 
2.3 miles away from it. It's an incredible technology. And if they're not too far away, you can key in on them and you can even talk to them. Hey, I got an elk down or I'm lost. Well, you're not really lost. You got a GPS, so you can't be really lost if you know how to use a GPS. But hey, this is where I'm, I'm going back to the camp, going in there for lunch or what have you. GPS. I think that we need to have a like that type of system going on in our marriages or in a friendship or with a dad and a mom or, or, or with their kids or what have you so that we can be on the same map with one another. You know what they're going through. We use a term all the time. Yeah, I love you, bro. I love you, man. I love you. Hey, God bless you. I love you all. I'm telling you, if somebody really loves me, they're going to know what my pain is. They're going to know where I come from where I've been, what I've experienced. They're going to really know, uh, know me a lot more if they really, really love. I think that we should have that kind of love going when it comes to uh, our spouses. Listen to this part of the text that Joe and Annie, I, I shared it under this because to me it related of being on the same map with one another. Learning each other's language is important, she said. Not the love language exactly, but the male-female language, particularly to each gender. I need to know what and how Joe hears what I'm trying to say. Any, any relationship before any marriage in here, you're, you're like trying to communicate to your wife, and it's like obviously she's not hearing what you're trying to communicate, and, and you, 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 you're not hearing what she's trying to communicate. I mean, it's, it's like you're going... Like this. Anybody ever faced that before? A couple of you are being honest. I need to know, not saying that you're being dishonest. Sometimes people don't want to respond to those things right there. But if you've been in a marriage long enough, those, t those types of things just happen. I need to know, and, and, and I need to know what and how Joe hears what I'm trying to say. Does he hear respect and feel respected? Do I hear love and feel heard? There can be no question that he is a man of goodwill and that he uh, had my best interests at heart. Besides all that, God thinks my Joe is fantastic, man, and I don't get to see him any other way. God made him exactly the way he wanted him to be made, and God doesn't make junk. I love this because this couple, they're on the same map, or they, they're working on having that rhino GPS Garmin system of knowing how they are, where they are in life. And he goes on to say, I believe this is super important. We acknowledge each other's uniqueness and celebrate and encourage the expression of our own amazing differences. That's huge. I'm afraid that that gets left out of a relationship equation more than often than, and than not, sadly. Everyone say, get on the same page. Get on the same map. We need to do that in our relationships. I tell you, a good way to get on the same page, same map, is to spend time with one another. Really time. Not Facebook time, but real time with dating one another, hanging out. Like I said today, I got a wife. I got a, well, I got a wife, praise God. But I got a date with my wife today at 4 o'clock. And, you know, we go on these dates. Sometimes we're very busy because we're in ministry. But we'll decide in the car, hey, we're going on a date. Now, we're heading to a, a, a wedding that we're about to do. But we just go, this is, this is a date moment right now. We just declare it as a date. We're together. We're going to talk. We're going to hang out. Are you feeling me? You've you got to seize the moments to get on the same map with your spouse. Refuse from this day on to kind of like, 
you know what? He's living his life and she's living her life. And I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's feeling. I don't know where she is with Jesus. I don't, man, forget all of that. Key in your Rhino GPS and get on the same map. Get, mark a pen of her life. Get to know, get to know what's going, what's, what, she, what she's dealing with, he's dealing with. And once again, this is not just for marriages. Man, if you want to have a, a friendship, the Bible says you first got to show yourself what? Friendly. Friendly. I, I find that people kind of struggle with that sometimes. They, they, they want kind of, I, this is how I feel sometimes. J.O., I want you to get me friends. And I'm like, I, bro, you need to learn how to be friendly. I don't, I hate to tell you, but you know, if you follow the biblical advice, you're going to have some friends. The next one, number four, everyone say grace, grace. Say this with me, let it go. Listen to the scripture of Zechariah 4, 7. We're just going to go through five. We're almost done. Zechariah 4, 7 says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and you shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Uh, why would you use that scripture? What's happening is Zerubbabel is trying to complete the temple of God. The last thing they put on the temple is the capstone. And so he was speaking grace, grace to this circumstance and situation. Why? What do you mean by that? What's that got to do with relationships? Listen to the word grace for a minute. Grace, graciousness, kindness, favor. Objective beauty, favor, grace, pleasant, precious, flavored. Listen, grace, grace. I think, and I've been guilty of it, in a relationship, you can nitpick someone to death. All the, the little things. I remember, you know, I'm kind of a germ guy, you know what I'm saying? And so somebody's going like, yeah, 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 I know you mean, yeah, yeah. So my wife would clean the house, and I'd see the dirt in the corners, you know what I'm saying? Like, sweetie, there's dirt in the corners, you know. She doesn't have the best eyesight. That's not a mean thing. And so, you know what? You know what? You know what I've learned to do? Listen, I've learned to get up and clean the corners. If I want the corner, listen, guys, quit nitpicking your wife to death with whatever it is my thing may be dirt in a corner what is your thing you're like well it's not he's not talking to me now jay because i don't i don't care about the dirt in the corner i guarantee you got something going on might be driving if he's not killing you and bring your kids into danger leave him alone listen God, men and women, we drive different, man. I'm driving, I'm getting close to something. My wife's like, ah! Scares me. I'm like, ah! We don't see the same way. Right? Anybody else feel me on that? It could go both ways. She doesn't mean to. I ask her sometimes, I go, honey, what do you think I do 90% of the time when you're not riding with me? You know what I'm saying? Is that okay for me to say? Good. I'll find out at 4 o'clock today. But, but listen, what is your thing? My, mine might be dirt or it could be, it could be driving, but you got something going on. You need to let it go. 
Say this with me, grace, grace. If you want to have a strong, healthy relationship, you need to show a lot of grace toward that person. A lot of grace. Quit nitpicking, whatever the small thing. You need to be very careful in picking your battles. Very careful. You know, I, sometimes it's like, man, my wife will do something that's bugging me, and I know that I do a lot of things that bug her, right? But, you know, the older we get, we've kind of grown up together. We're just like, man, it's just not, it's just not worth it. In about 30 minutes, you can't even remember what was bugging you. Grace, grace. I saw my pastor come out of a marriage counseling session one time, and he was absolutely upset. I could tell that the marriage counseling session did not go well. And I said, what is, what is that, you know, what was going on there? And, you know, he told me in, in confidence, but goes really uh, good with this situation. He said, I was counseling this man who has a major problem of how his wife cleans the birdcage. I'm like, what? You, 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 I mean, he'd been in there for a long time, right? I don't know how long, maybe an hour or two. I don't know how long and ongoing count. And he's upset of how she can't keep the birdcage clean the way that he wants it. I'm like, tell that brother he need to clean the bird cage. Let's take it to another level. Kill the bird. Whatever. Everyone say grace, grace. If you have a struggle right now in your relationship, believe me, the nitpicking of all the small things is not going to help it. Now, if you've got something going on in your marriage right now that is ungodly and sinful, your husband's flirting with women or stuck in porn, I mean, let's get some professional counseling, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real deal. You don't like the way they do the dishes, or you don't like the way they cross their legs, or you don't like the way they clean the birdcage, you don't like the way they drive, or you've got a problem with the dirt in the corner. Come on, man, let it go. Say this with me, grace, grace. I'm telling you right now, you show a lot of grace towards your your spouse or friend or your son or daughter or you. I'm going to tell you, it comes back on you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Come on. That, that's not just talking about finances there. It's talking about how you judge another individual. It will come back on you. Everyone say it with me one more time. Grace, grace. Last one. Number five. Last one. Make the decision. What do you mean by make the decision? I am so tired of people thinking that love is a feeling. Love is a feeling. It's a feeling. Feelings. Oh, feeling. I don't know if it's a song, but I'm making it up right now. Because we have bought the lies of Hollywood and soaps and movies and news. I don't know where we got it all. I don't find in the Bible that love is a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is a choice. 
If you read in, in 1 Corinthians 13, the beautiful area where it talks about love, love is the greatest, and love is kind, and love is not rude, and so forth, I don't see in there one place where it says love is a feeling, man. I believe in what Boston says. It's more than a feeling! Listen, love is way more than a feeling. And if you build your relationship, a friendship, your marriage on your schizophrenic chimpanzee feelings, your marriage is going to be just like this. Think about smoke for a minute. Think about how smoke comes off of a fire. That's kind of like how our feelings. You can't build your marriage off of feelings. I would say it's way more of a fact than it is a feeling. December the 7th at 7 o'clock, I made a decision. She was my wife. I made a covenant with her. And it's a fact. I love her. My feelings kind of come and go. I know different things. Listen to me. I know different ways to, to cultivate feelings. I know spending time with her and, and, and know her love language, notes and dates and whatever. I know how you know the feelings will come and gird up. Real true love, but don't base your love on feelings. It's a choice. Everyone say it's a choice. It's a decision. You fall in love over and over and over. And listen to me, over and over. You remember all the little things that you were so attracted to your spouse about? In, you know, when you first met her, how you were attracted to him, how you first met him. And now all those things that she does that used to attract you now is bugging you. And you know what you're trying to do? You're trying to make her to be like you. You mean to tell me you want to be married to you? No. You know, you are attracted to all those little things because all those little things is quite different from you. You know what you need to do? You fall back in love with all those little things again. You, you make a decision today. Maybe you're, your relationship's on the rocks. Maybe you're in a storm right now. You can make a decision today. When you walk out of here, you can fall back in love with all those little things that you are attracted to her about or him about. or you know, Maybe it's a, a parent and a child. Maybe it's a sister that you haven't talked to in forever because of an offense. I want to let you know. We're going to talk about that's one of the next five next week. But I want to let you know love is a decision and it's a choice that you can make. You can choose like Jesus did when we were yet sinners, completely jacked up. Jesus died for you and I. Why? Because he chose to love you. Did he choose to love you because you're lovable? Nope. It's because he's love. And the Bible says, Romans 5, 5, if you'll put that up there for me, Romans 5. Look what that says right there. You need to get this. Why did I leave this topic underneath on with the wind? Because you can have a Holy Spirit loving relationship with your spouse. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God, look, has been poured out in our hearts. By who? The Holy Spirit who was given to us. You can draw you can lean into the love of the Father for someone that you may be having a struggle with in the area of relationship. Not just spouses, but in all relationships. Because I want to let you know the love of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't run dry. Amen? 
make a decision. Make a choice. We're going to hit the other five next week. But I want you to walk. Say this with me. What's number one? Say with honor. What's number two? Serving one another. What's number three? Huh? Get on the same map. Get to really know them. Where are they at? What's number four? Grace, grace. Quit nitpicking. Clean the birdcage for my, my goodness. Clean the birdcage. Number five. Huh? It's not, a, it's not a feeling. Feelings come and go. Feelings are good. I'm a, I'm a heart guy. I love feelings. I love to feel good. I love to feel all the emotions of my wife and the infatuation, all those things. But as beautiful as she is, they kind of come and go. Not because of her. Because of me. I have a soul. And I can't allow my soul, my emotions to dictate my love for my wife or for my son or my daughter or for a friend. It's a decision. It's a choice. And it's a fact. Allow the feelings just to undergird all of those things. Amen. Will you stand up to your feet today?